0: Hi, I'm back with another episode, (laughs) finally. How's everyone doing today? I'm hoping good. I hope that everyone is enjoying their days if you're dealing with the snow around the world, or rain, or sunshine. If you're dealing with that, then you're quite lucky. (laughs) Um... Today, I kind of wanted to start off by kind of giving y'all the actual opportunity to like learn more about me and why I want to do the things that I want to do so that maybe you have a reason to keep listening. So, hi, my name is Charlie, I'm the founder and creator of Charlie Productions? Not, I know, I know. What is Charlie Productions? Why should I care? Why am I here? Well, let me tell you. Ever since I was younger, the idea of storytelling has always been something I most truly enjoyed. I always created stories in my head and the format that I told these stories had always changed. It wasn't until the pandemic where I fell in love with movies as a whole. I realized that I was such a visionary when it came to storytelling and I wanted to take that and, well, make videos, leading to my dream of working for a film industry. Chai Productions came about because I wanted to create a space where I can spread my creativity and never be afraid to speak my truth which leads to my first film, The Kitchen. The concept was about mental health in relation to eating habits, which is something I struggle with. Mental health is something I am strongly passionate about now, not just because I struggle with it, but so many other people do and it reflects on literally everything. With that being said, this passion for mental health, activism, and my passion for m- filmmaking created the Concept Series. The Concept Series is a bunch of about 5 to 15 minute skits that handle concepts of any kind from toxic friendships, racism, LGBTQIA, etc. This project gives the opportunity to give others a chance to visually show something that other people need to see. There are two only currently, <laughs> two out, called Why Are We Even Friends and The Circle. So you should check them out when you have the chance. I also fell in love with the idea of just content creation as a whole. You can always find me watching YouTubers like TommyInnit or AnnaXCentaur C- on TikTok They inspire me a lot for the stuff I want to make. I do some gaming content. I make them with my friends, which will always be the non-serious side of me, but it was also a way for them to get recognition for their content while also being a part of mine. Charlie Productions is a reflection of my own personality and philosophy. I support my friends, they support me, and if they don't support that support, then I don't. Simple. And that just goes for anyone that collabs with me. Your contributions matter a whole lot, and I want to always give that appreciation because it's deserved, and I think I should get that same respect. Currently, Charlie Productions is going through the learning stages of making content, so it highly expects to get a lot of criticism and feedback, which is highly recommended regardless of what stage I'm at. Because I know I wouldn't want to be told that it's fantastic and there are no mistakes when clearly there are like thousands of things that could be improved on, which leads to the question why are you here it's a good question you're here because you love content that you can relate to or you love watching people play video games or you want to know what this video is about or you want to hear what this person has to say on this podcast whatever the case may be you're here and i'm glad that you are Being a beginner creator is definitely extremely difficult, so any type of support is, like, truly appreciated. You know, on YouTube, I can be that old-fashioned YouTuber and be like, only 75% of my subscribers are actually subscribed, so if you don't mind, please subscribe. But I'm not here to do that. If you think that this content might be worth supporting, then support it. I think that goes for any person that you enjoy watching or listening to you know i mean besides youtube and like instagram and all that type of social media content child productions made this podcast where i get to talk about movies and all things i love relating to film a lot of people I know think of me as quite the yapper when it comes to things I actually enjoy talking about so this podcast is just for that Mm -hmm. I stopped making episodes a month ago maybe a little longer than that because I lost the strength to be able to keep doing it and it's really difficult to make episodes while still trying to handle school and a normal social life but I'm hoping that after this episode, I will keep going. My whole thing with wanting to make film and content is to make people happy and be a friendly voice for them to hear. So I hope that gives you a reason to stay around because I love doing this. It brings this undeniable joy myself to be able to like sit at a computer unfortunately a computer for like hours just editing a video for everyone to see and reflect on and interpret and laugh if it's like a funny thing or just for me to gain more experience I mean I'm new to the whole podcast thing and i don't think i mean hopefully i get better at it and i'm hoping after writing a whole script about my origin story will help me figure out everything else but thank you for listening if you have been this whole time so to move on (laughs) since this is a movie podcast I have a movie that I would like to talk about that is actually on my schedule for episodes that I was supposed to do, like, months ago. <laughs> and the film that I would love to talk about, and I feel like it's such a incredible art cinema film that was made, is made December. And if you... Are looking to watch it it's on netflix and before you keep going with this episode i highly suggest that if you haven't seen may december that you click off watch it then come back because there might be spoilers based off my notes and i would hate to spoil such an amazing movie to those that are listening so if you want to know i would suggest watching it first So to give a brief summary about May-December and what it's about on a general aspect, it's about this actor that comes to this family's home to pretty much method act for a character that she is going to be playing based on this family's life. And as she gets close to these this family, she beca- she uncovers a whole lot behind the scenes that was never really brought to the surface for the longest time. And you might be wondering, like, what is so crazy? Like, what could possibly be uncovered? Or how serious could this possibly get? Well, The story that she's about to make into a movie is about this couple, and they got married, well, they got together, per se, when the wife was 36 and the husband was 13 years old. As in teenager, you heard me correctly and it's so interesting because this was actually written based off an actual story that happened in real life same story but they won't technically say that it's based off a true story because of all the controversy around it and i'm if my memory serves correct i'm pretty sure This couple is still together till this day. Or I believe the wife is in jail again. Because I know she got put in jail like twice. But like who honestly knows. But this was pretty much written along the lines of that story. So the main characters include Natalie Portman, Portman, (laughs) um, Julianne Moore and charles melton who are the main three characters per se and natalie portman is the actor that is method acting acting. julianne moore is elizabeth who is no natalie portman plays elizabeth julia <laughs> julianne moore is gracie who is the wife and joe is charles melton who is the husband so what's so interesting of how this movie was developed per se it you know we get to like look into the lives of joe and gracie and we see we see like all their children and all the relationships with people outside their home and it's absolutely like mind-blowing because people look at them and they think this is disgusting. Like, he was 13, and now he is the same age that she was when she met him. And it's so mind-blowing of how someone can lose their childhood in just a second. And it's, it's wild. Because throughout the whole movie, you just see Gracie... Just straight up manipulating Joe into thinking that he was the one that attacked her, that made her do things that she didn't want to do, but like it was clearly Gracie, but she has no guilt, no doubt. She thinks that what she did was normal. It was normal love, that they were in love, but you get like these little key things that like make you 100% sure that is not accurate to of of above all like it just no and I feel like something that truly embodies it is when Gracie meets Elizabeth and they're conversing and she's like emphasizing like oh my goodness you're about to be playing my life like I'm so grateful that I get to see my life being put on a big screen and she wants Elizabeth to know all the good and all the beauty about her and Joe's relationship when really it's not beautiful it's actually awful and even their kids know it as well and it's it's so Interesting to see how much Joe is still a child, and Gracie continues to treat him like one, and Joe would just surrender because she's the elder, and it's so it's it's heartbreaking because Joe is incredibly smart. he loves monarch butterflies. He loves, like, insects. He likes learning about, like, all fishes and stuff. And he thinks it's so interesting and he'll gladly talk about it for hours. But Gracie continues to put him down for it because it's such a childlike thing. But yet, Joe's a child. He still is. He never got to live his child life. He immediately got married at a young age, which is, like, insane and it's wild because there was one scene where he was smoking weed with his son who is about to be going to college and you don't really see that all the time like you know the son and the father smoking or whatever and having a conversation but i think like in that moment joe was talking to his son about like experiencing things like being able to live your life enjoy college because obviously he didn't get the chance to go and he wants his son to be able to live his the life that he never got to have and it's so heartbroken because of that but it's so amazing to like see all this on the screen because like like I, I'm gonna say this once: you have to watch this movie. If you're sitting here listening, just for spoils, or whatever the case may be, I highly suggest watching this movie. It is so worth the hour and the and a half that it, it has. Like I truly enjoyed this movie. It's probably in my top ten now, and that's crazy for me to say because my top ten was already established in the first episode of this podcast. But it's most definitely has changed after all these movies I've seen that were absolutely amazing and hits the spot visually. And I don't know. I think it's just, it's wonderful. And there's a couple of scenes that I definitely wanted, there's two scenes that I truly want to talk about that I think really embodied so much power through camera angles and visual effects and one of those scenes was it's a dressing room scene with Gracie and Elizabeth and they're talking about um, Tom who is Gracie's ex-husband that she left for Joe and she's talking about like how awful Tom was to her and talking so cruelly about him and then saying that like you know, I fell in love with Joe. Like, it's not my fault. Things happen. People move on. Some people are just not the one. And the beautiful thing about this scene was that all we see is them two through a mirror because we're in a dressing room that it's like a full circle mirror. So, like, all you see is just different angles of mirrors of them. You never actually see them sitting where they were. It's all through a mirror. And I think... It's interesting because it resembles how two-faced both of them are because obviously Elizabeth is only there for one purpose and that is to learn about the character and become Gracie's character. That's the only reason she's there. She's not there to like be her friend, you know. Actually like get to know her in a way that Gracie wants her to know. Elizabeth's there so that she can play the her character in the best way possible and Gracie I I mean it's pretty obvious that she's two-faced she just wants to you know be the more happy side of her life and not really go into like all the guilt and the and the despair that is her life pretty much and I definitely really like that scene because of it because it definitely truly embodies that And another scene that I think really encapsulated Elizabeth's growth in method acting was she goes to the place that happened between Joe and Gracie when they first met where everyone saw them doing it. (laughs) And Elizabeth goes there, goes into the same spot. And pretty much reenacts what Gracie and Joe did there. And it's just Elizabeth, by the way. But the beautiful thing about this scene was that the camera is slowly getting closer. Because it starts off down the hall. And as we get closer and closer and more intimate with Elizabeth, who is now feeling Gracie's character in the moment in which everything truly started we really see the true embodiment of method acting and it's like in a way it's kind of like disturbing because Natalie Portman's character Elizabeth she is trying to feel what Gracie was feeling in that moment and she's Obviously, this is a very sexual scene, so it's her moaning and, and you know, having this, like, pleasure with herself. But it's really to feel the pleasure that Gracie had. And it's just a super intense scene. And it's just a slow pull zoom. And it's so beautiful. And the unsettledness of it as well is just as great. So honestly, if you want to watch a really good scene from that movie, <laughs> that scene is probably one of my favorites. Um, And I don't know, like... I really, really love this movie. And I think what's so wild about Gracie and Joe's relationship is that they, that Gracie always will continue to degrade him and gaslight him into thinking that he was the one that caused all these issues and all these problems. And at the very end, she admits to her regret but then completely degrades Joe. And I think that's like ridiculous of how she can acknowledge that Joe is still a child, that he is still not understanding the meaning of adulthood and yet she doesn't want to be put the blame. And it's so it's it's just amazing to watch and I don't remember if I cried or not but I know there was this feeling of insettlety throughout the whole movie so if you are interested in watching that I highly suggest that you do because I think it's great and I personally loved it a lot (laughs) so that's all I have for today (laughs) I hope that everyone really enjoyed this episode. I know it was like a lot. It was very heavy. And a lot of information being put out. (laughs) But I really hope that you all enjoyed this episode. And I wish everyone a great night. Morning, evening, midnight. Whenever you are choosing to watch this, and have a good one. Bye!